0: Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by John, as always. John, you're having a great evening, aren't you? Yeah, there's a whole story that uh,
1: it, yeah, it's it's not been a great lead up to this podcast. It's completely not anything related. It's just dog stuff and accidents. And <laughs> to summarize, it's an accident that's between bathing, cleaning the dog and cleaning the situation. It took me almost an hour and a half. Yep. And it's and it no. is contained to a relatively small area, too. It's not like I spent... It was like going around the house, cleaning stuff up. It was just that much of a mess in a small spot. Anyway, that's not why we're here.
0: Nope, that's not why we're here. How are, how are you, though, Brian? Oh, I'm just fine. I don't have any dogs at home that are, you know, secreting things all over the place, so... <laughs> um, so lucky. Yeah, I do consider myself lucky. But Frank Reich was fired this week. I know the last podcast we talked about what, how we would think about or what we thought of them potentially getting rid of Frank Reich. They also moved Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, to as the interim head coach. And then they proceeded to also fire Josh McCown and do Staley, which are decisions by Chris Tabor. So it's been an event. It's been a very eventful week in Panthers land. Uh, if you were if you were able to stay away from the news long enough to not know. And this is the first time you're hearing, I would say good for you because it's been a miserable season regardless um but john so quick thoughts frank reich got fired he's gone so the first thing i want to say i think it's important
1: to to, to distinct or like uh specify that the firings of mccown and staley were tapers decision not right yep tepper's decision it was not david tepper being like you quarterbacks coach are bad running backs coach you're bad fired he said you're the interim head coach and the interim head coach was like "All right, you two aren't fitting what we're doing here, you're you're out. Um <clears throat> as for the decision to fire Frank Reich, I think I probably said on the show I don't think I don't see the point in firing him in or in midseason and I, I, but That was what the, you said. Yep. The stuff that comes out after, which always are kind of interesting, these like post mortem like stories about coaches and situations it makes it more understandable, right? Like if there was actual like kind of uh disarray and infighting and lack of kind of like cohesiveness I, I think you it makes sense to get the root of that maybe i am not have to on the root of that but to get to shake things up like sooner rather than later right because it's not helping yeah you
0: know. yeah and just to interject real quick just to elaborate and in case people listening don't necessarily know the details there but basically It sounded like after things really went off the rails early in the season, uh, Frank Reich kind of just reverted back into doing what he wanted to do. There was a lot of talk, especially there was a really good article by Charles Robinson that you all can check out. But basically, he kind of outlined what was going on. And essentially, what John was alluding to is that too many cooks in the kitchen. There was a lot of conflicting ideas. They were learning how to work together while trying to develop Bryce. And with all this happening where they are a terrible team aside from one game. And even then that wasn't a very good game. Um, It just kind of all fell apart because it's harder for team, for coaches that don't really know each other or, or have got only had one off season to really know each other uh, to, you know, collaborate and make, make adjustments that will benefit everyone. So yeah. um, Yeah. That's kind of how I feel too. I think the one that was really damning to me, was when and I have to emphasize this was the front office approached Frank Reich and specifically mentioned incorporating the read or the uh, run pass option which uh, for there were some Panthers fans who were angry when they heard about them using the run pass option with Bryce Young but that's not the same thing as the read option we were used to with Cam where it was faking it to the running back and then him running it's run pass option is kind of the inverse of that it's typically it's fake it to the running back, and then try to pass it. And And if the, the opportunity is open for a really short pass, Young throws it instead. Yeah, it's not um, really a fake.
1: There... It's more of a you, you initiate a handoff, and if you see linebackers, a certain reaction to that handoff, you pull the ball back out and throw it to a, a read. Um, yes. So it, it's literally what it is. It's a run pass option. It's like a run play, and if you see, like, hey, this linebacker is crashing hard to stop the run, pull the ball out, throw it to the receiver right behind him. And pick up like five or six easy yards.
0: And the, and the benefit of that is just it's an easy completion to help keep the offense on schedule. It's something Bryce Young did a lot in college. But anyway, they approached Bryce Young about, or like they approached uh, Frank Reich about doing that to help Bryce Young out, which, again, something he was good at in college. And Frank Reich basically just said, no, I'm not going to do that. So that's kind of where I started to change my opinion a little bit of Pepper, of Tepper firing him this early on because if he's not willing to adjust, especially in a way that's going to benefit Bryce Young um, as far as – because the big thing that's come up the entire time with the offense – and this this is all about the offense. This is not about the defense because Frank Reich was the offensive coach. But the biggest problem coming up has been they're not moving the ball well. Bryce Young is having trouble with having open throwing lanes, and he's just struggling. So you would think adding something that he was really familiar with would make sense. It's something they, they scouted him the entire offseason. Um, you would think adding that into the playbook would make sense. And Frank Reich basically being like, "Nah, go fuck yourself. Uh, and granted, I'm not sure that's how the conversation went, but that was how the report seemed worded. He, he said, no, that doesn't fit the scheme. Yeah. So that seems yeah. to be the most damning thing I could I I could read on Frank Reich so far, aside from just all the infighting and whatnot. But anyway, John, sound sounded like you were going to – There's, there's also
1: another – there's a uh, whole – video i watched kind of like a podcast it was steve smith and kyle bailey kyle bailey from wfnz is the one who yep said that uh with you know the the whole read bump option thing and then another guy and i can't remember his name so sorry about that but uh they talked about it and they kind of dropped like allusions to one another thing just being like when thomas brown was calling the plays like he was technically calling the plays but they weren't like his plays to call like frank reich was still kind of like these are the things we run call plays like from this set up, like, this is what we do, this is what we don't do, and so, like, it it sounds like basically he felt the seat get hot, and he was like, I'm not letting anybody else tell me what to do, I'm going, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out with my stuff and using my system, and he did. Used his system, and he left.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I can kind of justify firing him mid-season if he's refusing to come up with new ideas and again right. the front the one the one point that was also coming out and it's unfortunate and i know john you have very heavy opinions on this but people th- were treating a lot of the reports as well david tepper asked him to do this or that and he didn't do it yeah. the front office the front office was the was the report saying that Which they could came do
1: tepper but yeah
0: it could include tepper and i and that's fine but at the same time you have a front office who sco- who scouted the guy the entire offseason. and mm. something he did big in college was that. And one of the biggest things that helps with giving a guy, a short guy like him space is play action, rollouts, waggles. And the re the RPO as well can help out with vision because you have defenders who are trying to figure out what the hell you're doing. So they're not yeah. just rushing the passer, They're not just bull rushing the offensive lineman. Those all sound in a vacuum, like great ideas to try and help Bryce Young be more effective, and those all come from what we saw when he was coming out of college, when people were scouting him, when unanimously it was said that most ca- most scouts, a lot of coaches, and all of the Panthers' um, top executives, coaches or whatever, were all in on Bryce Young being the best the best prospect for you to turn around and say, you're not going to do those things that might bring him back to being a little more successful or effective. That's not good. It's very not good. Right. It's, and I do. Wa- okay. I would say, I do want to put it to bed too, that they, that this weird conspiracy theory that David Tepper forced Frank Reich to take him because all the reports at the time of the draft said they were unanimous on it. They all came out and said they were unanimous on it, which granted I know a guy like Frank Reich has no reason to come out and say, well, actually, I didn't want Bryce Young after you draft him. But a guy like Charles Robinson, a well-connected NFL, a well-connected NFL reporter, came out today in his article and said that, yeah, it was unanimous. All the reports that they got said that it was a unanimous choice of Bryce Young. Yeah, so, it, it,
1: it explicitly said Frank Reich, uh, Scott Fitter, and David ever all agreed Bryce was their favorite. Right. Up front and now now there's other stuff that have said that like oh well of course if the owner says this you're not gonna like be the squeaky wheel and you just be like yeah that's what i like too like who did you say your favorite was uh mr tepper oh you like bryce young that's crazy that's who i like too and there's a, a possibility of that but i also just don't think it matters and i on top of that even if that's what that was the case it's like super revisionist history in that like Ninety percent of mock drafts and like a draft people and draft Twitter liked Bryce Young better too. So like yeah. it's very unfair because like I was only om- and then I don't know I felt because I wrote like the C.J. Stroud thing like when we did our like back and forth and I felt like I was kind of taking the like contrarian stance because like everywhere was like yeah Bryce Young is like a shoe in for the number one pick. And now, like, you know, C.J. Stroud's killing it, and Bryce Young's having this whole situation, and everybody's like, wow, they really messed that up, didn't they? Bunch of idiots. And it's like, you all would have done the same thing, because that's what everybody was saying at the time. So I, I feel like – and I guess this is a chance for me to do my little David Tepper kind of rant I was going to Your
0: David Tepper do. rant that you've been looking forward to. Yeah, go ahead,
1: yeah, buddy. So off. first, this is going to come across like oh, like, oh, like I'm being like an apologist for David Tepper or saying like he hasn't been bad, which neither of those things are true. Like, I mean, he has been bad and this isn't apologizing for the mistakes he's made, but I think people, and this may be shocking that the internet has done this, have taken a, like something that's like a, a, a thing that exists and blown it way out of proportion. Can you mm-hmm. believe that? No, um, not at all. Not I the can't... internet, right? Uh-huh. Um, Cause it's like, So, like, he's been getting a bunch of heat for being impatient, quote-unquote, because he's now fired three coaches. But were any of those firings wrong? Right? Like, everybody thought he should have fired Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera had, what, two winning seasons in, like, eight tries here? Um, Three? Three three winning seasons in nine tries. Yep. Yep. Three and nine. I looked at it earlier. He had three winning seasons out of nine here, and we were trending down. In the last season, he was here. No one wanted him to stay. Everyone thought it was justified that he let Rivera go. He hires Matt Rule, gave Matt Rule two and a half years of no improvement to until he was the the things were going downhill in year three, and fired him again. Everyone agreed that was the right decision at the time. And then we have Frank Reich, who was kind of like an iffy hire at first, and which it looks like you know people were kind of right to be skeptical of that. But the coaching staff was supposed to make up for it, which, you know, we whiffed on that <laughs> idea. But again, is he wrong to fire Frank Reich? I don't think so. So now the other side of that is like, well, he made the mistake to hire these two coaches. men Matt ruled Frank Reich to begin with. And he's messed those up, which again, that's fair. He messed those up. He also that's a sample size of two. And if you look at like the hit rate success rate of. NFL head coaching hires, I I don't... It's probably, like, around 50% that are, like, successful within a couple years or, like, hang around for more than two or three years, right? It's not great. And so going over to, like, when I talk... When, like when you and I were just, like, messaging with each other, like, to me, is like, complaining that he's bad at rock, paper, scissors. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a mostly a game of chance. Maybe you can read a situation. Maybe you think you can read a situation. But... When, the sample, when there's so much chance involved and the sample size is two, it's not like a huge indictment that both were misses. Right? Like, it's it's just, that's a numbers game. Like, sometimes they're going to miss. And the, the example that's come up a lot lately is like Jed York with the 49ers who, they had the Jim Harbaugh kind of falling out, let him go, hired Jim Tomsula, disaster. Hired Chip Kelly, another disaster. And everybody's like, this Jed York guy has no idea what he's doing. He's ruining the 49ers. Then he hires Kyle Shanahan and they're like suddenly like the best organization in football.
0: They also hired John Lynch who had no real back or or front office experience and who was just on TV. And he's turned out to be one of the best GMs in football at this point.
1: Right. It's just the thing that like, there's a lot of luck involved in this Yeah. and it's, it's, you know, and there's also, you know, now everybody's going to like, pile on and all the reports of like I, like there was something where like david tepper saw a play and he asked like his office like, <laughs> i shared that actually <laughs> yeah you shared with me but like it's a thing that was on twitter and i was just like i don't care it's one play he saw a play it looked cool it worked it, who it, it's not like a big deal to go to your offensive coordinator and be like hey i saw this thing in a game you guys should look into to running this. I think it could help us. It's one play. It's not like an overarching decision that's going to affect the, the course of the franchise. And, and it's not such a, like a massive overstep to be like, what the football people do, the football things. It's, it's just like, it just feels like people are hunting for things to like ridicule him for. And I don't think a lot of the things are exclusive to him. It's just now he's like in the spotlight.
0: I think look, I, I, after I shared it, I thought about it a little bit more and Number one, first of all, it is objectively hilarious for the coat for the owner to just be like, Hey, I saw this play on Sun on Sunday. I think you guys should run it. But mm-hmm. in the context of what actually happened, it was a former offensive coordinator for the Panthers, and at this point, none of them have gone all out on good terms under David Tepper. I think that's I think we can all agree on that. Um But number two, it's not that crazy for uh, an owner if you if you if you re examine it in the sense of He goes to the offensive coordinator and just kind of spitball and goes, Hey, by the way, I saw this cool play. I don't know if this is something that you guys can implement. That's not my job, but I thought it was a good play. That's that. Like when you frame it that way, it's totally harmless. But the way it was framed on Twitter is like David Tepper was trying to strong arm his offensive coordinator into running this play. And we'll never really know the exact details, but framing is the important part here.
1: Right. And I think that's just a matter of like, he's been turned into like a cartoon villain when yeah. for the most part, like the, the stories and the way they're framed are not how like human beings tend to like interact with one another. But yeah. since we don't see it, we like to make these like kind of like really embellish, embellish or like take these things and run with them to in a, in a in a way that like, I don't know that like no one really like acts that way on a very, like, or very few people act like the way he's been portrayed. And maybe he is like a psychopath that we don't see, but it's just, to me, it's this the more likely situ- like situation is that he made a suggestion, said, I think we should do this, and it was framed in a way to make it, to, to pile on to this kind of burgeoning narrative, it's probably not burgeoning anymore, this narrative that he is like this overbearing, micromanaging, like, horrible bosses level guy that's just like telling everybody in the building what to do. And I, yeah. That's probably, like I said, probably a an exaggeration of what is actually going on. Is he too involved? Maybe. Is, yeah. Is, and, like, is he making and have the decisions he's made been wrong so far? Yes. But, like, I don't think it's this thing where he's just, like, this bumbling idiot that's just, like, yelling at everybody and doing everything wrong. And the other side of this, too, this is what Panthers fans wanted 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, Jerry Richardson was the owner everyone's like, I wish somebody that actually like paid attention and cared about football would own the team. And then David Tepper's here and he does. And they're like, he needs to get out of the way and let the football people do the football things. And it's like, well, they, you can't have, if he cares about the football stuff, he's going to have input into the football stuff. Now, like the levels of that are where you have to like find the balance. Like you can't be telling unless you're Jerry Jones who it's worth for kind of. You can't be like telling your general manager like this is who you should pick because like I watched him I watched him on like three Saturdays and he was really good. But like if I owned a team I'd be like in the war room on draft day. I would like want to know like the players we're looking at. I would like share my thoughts. Not not saying like oh I think you're wrong, but like like I asked this to somebody in one of the comments I'm like like think about like Josh Allen a few years ago and how he was basically a meme online yes, about the how bad allen he was yep. yeah mm-hmm. and you know front offices they ended up getting it right but i was like do you think like like if you're the owner of a team and you were part of like the meme culture of like josh allen's terrible and your general manager's like so i think we're gonna go we're gonna go all in for this josh allen guy are you really gonna be like okay go for it yeah the football guys like i don't think so i think you'd be like are you sure like he seems like he sucks and then now you're, like, the overbearing owner that's just making, uh, you know, f- influencing football decisions. So, I, it, I don't know. I think, and again, that's all going to come across like I'm probably sound like a very apologetic or stuff. And it's more me just saying, like, maybe we need to reel this back a little bit and say, like, he's just not done a good job so far. And not like he's this cartoon villain that's just, like, bumbling around and has no idea what's going on. And he's going to just perpetually have a terrible team.
0: I do have to say there. So the only, the only thing I have to say on the flip side that I didn't like um, is when he did that press conference, he didn't really take any kind of accountability for the fact that he fucked up. That's, that's one of those things where yeah. that would have saved a little bit of face if he was just like, yeah, I made it. I made a mistake hiring this guy or whatever. And the other part and the biggest, I think the biggest one that should be more of the most, the highest indictment because I don't blame Tepper for having an opinion on who their fr- the next franchise quarterback could be. I mean, it's, it's his business. Basically I mean, all these fucking yeah. people work for him. We saw so, that with
1: Cam Newton and Jared too, by the way. Like,
0: yeah. Like it's, it's, I don't have a problem with the, with the owner having an opinion on who you think that you should take. Um, but it sounded like David Tepper had a lot to do with the fact that they, signed a bunch of different of different head coaches with different mindsets. It was the the massive overcorrection to Matt rule, who Mm. Matt rule was allowed to bring in whoever the fuck he wanted, whoever he was familiar with that obviously didn't work because they didn't have the experience. So David Tepper clearly went to the inverse of that and said, I want you to find the most promising guys who have this experience or, or also have this experience and all over the place. I want you to, and I will write a blank check and you will, I want you to grab the, the, most all-star group of coaches ever. And that was also a mistake on his part. So I will give Panthers fans credit for that. And we all didn't see it at the time, but it makes sense now in hindsight that getting a bunch of guys together who had never worked together before just based on their merit was not a good decision. So him not taking accountability, I understand, but yeah, I totally get where you're coming from too, John. It's not like he's not trying. It's not like he's, it's not like he's a fucking moron. It's just he's he's still. I think he. I honestly just think he's still learning what level of involvement he needs to have and how much, yep. uh, how much of the uh, the word I'm looking for, um, just passing it off to other people essentially, stuff he needs to figure out. So, right. but yeah, I don't blame the guy at all for being involved um, and being it, being at the the draft, being at the combine. I mean, it's just the worst case scenario in those, in most of those times, unless David Tepper really is just being like, no, this is what we're doing. All he is, is another, is another person in the room to share an opinion. Yeah. So,
1: which if you're confident in what you're doing as a coach or front office person, like that's good. Yeah. If they're offering, if it like, if it's, if it's this, like if they're directives that go against what you as like an, as a, as an executive or coach or whatever, think is right. that, becomes very difficult to do your job. And if he's doing that, that's bad and he needs to step back. But if he's just offering his insight and his suggestions, it also like his desire for what he wants his team to look like, because it is his team. Uh, yeah. That's, that's I think more fine. And also on the coaching side thing, I think that's a learning experience probably for like the whole league. Right. Cause it's yeah. kind of, an unprecedented it was kind of an unprecedented from as far as i know i don't really keep up with like the often, like the coordinator position coach hirings of other teams but it feels like a big change from most coaching staff hires in terms of like the people they bring in um and I think most people thought it was good at the time, right? We're like, wow, they have, like, an up-and-coming head coach at offensive coordinator. They have an up-and-coming head coach at defensive coordinator. They've got all these people with really good resumes in this building. It was called an all-star coaching staff, like, over and over and over again. Yes. And I think... Safest,
0: safest landing spot for Bryce Young.
1: Yep. And then mm-hmm. it didn't work because of these things we talked about. were like, okay, well, maybe there's more value than we realized in like the cohesiveness of the unit and the familiarity with like the the group more so than just their like individual resumes so and i and i think he's like catching the heat for that being a terrible idea but everybody thought it was again like like the bryce young pick he's getting like a ton of heat and a ton of criticism for stuff that everyone praised him for at the time so, it's, it's I don't know, I mean, that's the nature of, like, the internet and, like, sports journalism, and it's a results-oriented thing, so, like, if stuff doesn't work, obviously you have to, like, own up to it and, uh you know, face the consequences and face the wrath for it, but, like, it, it it's not, I think it's a little unfair to be, it's not like he went against the grain, it's not like he did what, like, the Raiders have done historically, and they're like, why did you take Cleveland Farrell with a fourth overall pick? most people have him as like the seventh best defensive end of the draft. And they're like, well, we're just going against the grain. And then he ends up not being any good. Like, yeah, that's where you get, like, you should get a lot of criticism when you do a thing that everyone thought you should do. And then it doesn't work. It's kind of unfair for like the same people to come back and be like, wow, you're so dumb. Why'd you do that?
0: Right. And the other asides too, is that, I mean, Scott Fitterer, Rightfully should be getting a lot of the heat that he is. Where I, where yeah. Tepper, I think is getting more of the heat than. Well, I mean, Panthers fans. Mo, I think most Panthers fans are just like a fuck Scott Fitterer at this point. Anyway, yeah, I think but... Panthers
1: fans are all yeah. on the Scott Fitterer, get Scott Fitterer out of town. Where, I, but I think yeah, nationally, I don't think he's gotten any real. He's he's kind of like flown under the radar and all this. And I don't know. I, I don't know where I stand with him. Like I like on the one hand. Like, if you look at the current situation as it is, it, it I don't know. Like, I, I would really want to hear him explain, like, why are we here? Like, why is our roster so bad? Why is our team so bad? Why do we also have no draft picks and we have very not a lot of cash space? Like, what are we doing? What have, what have you done to help this team? But some, I heard in that same video with Steve Smith and Kyle Bailey, they're like, you know, to be fair, this is the first year he's only had one offseason without Matt Rule basically yeah. telling him what to do so maybe like it wouldn't be fair to lump him in with this whole situation because he's like his his the scott fitterer experience is very limited and it would be in it's it would almost be firing a gm like at, in the same time frame that we're firing frank reich except a gm is a lot i think is a lot longer of a evaluation process
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, Scott, the only thing, the only real problem is that Scott Fitterer's drafts have so far not been great, though it's still hard for me to make past judgment on this group of rookies. I mean, Jonathan Mingo was wide open many times on Sunday. Like, so I don't know if he's, I don't know if I'm ready to, I'm not going to be mad if they fire Scott Fitterer, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's, It's just something where it's like, it's weird that, it's not weird because it's David Tepper. He's the owner and the fact that they can't, that he can't fire himself means that he's going to be around. So I understand the scrutiny, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just very odd that so much of this is getting lumped on him when all he really tried to do. And, and he, and he rightfully, as we discussed earlier, he rightfully should get some criticism and he absolutely should have owned up to making the mistakes that he has with his, yeah with his hires. And meddling in the hiring process of the of the assistants I think that's something that he definitely shouldn't do next year um but yeah it's just obviously Panthers fans are mad and I get it so it's just one of those things where a year from now we won't really be thinking about all this stuff anymore
1: right I yeah I know and it's just it's it's um I won't be mad if the Panthers fired Scott Federer again it's just I think there is it's another situation where I think it's gone. The 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 takes have gotten too hot. Mm-hmm. And it's more like, you know, I wouldn't be mad if they fired him. I also wouldn't be like clown show organization if they let him go one more year. Especially if, like, Frank Wright gets out of here and, like, Thomas Brown takes over the offense and he's as good as he was supposed to be without Frank Wright kind of, like, putting some some uh, restrictions on them. And then all of a sudden, like the players look better. And then, and then what, like, what do we think of Scott Fitterer then? Right. Cause if, if, yeah, if, if the system fits the players better then the players look better, and then maybe now all the acquisitions that Fitterer has made don't look as bad. So I, don't know.
0: I am intrigued to see what the offense looks like. Obviously the defense is what it is. It somehow manages to be a good defense despite all the injuries. But if the offense actually looks a lot better, coming out of all of this craziness. What do you do at that point? Do you keep, do you keep Tabor? Like, yeah, maybe you do like, that's, cause that's tough. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, granted. I don't think Tabor wants to be a head coach, but I think he was just selected for this role because he's more of a veteran than the other two than the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. And they, Jim Caldwell and, um, their other, uh, senior assistant probably are a little too dom old capers. to be yeah dom capers would be a little too old for that role so i think to, and I, I love tabor's energy i gotta say like i listened to his, his his uh press conference today he was all positive he had a lot more energy than i've ever seen from like frank reich yeah
1: um, no, I like that's
0: his, that's God. always i mean and obviously of all the units on the team i mean the defense has been good though they've been super injured but special teams has been fucking phenomenal all year so yeah. i mean
1: for a couple of years now, and he they were always yeah. phenomenal when he was in Chicago. Yeah, and like wherever else he was, like it, Kansas City, maybe. Like, yeah, he's always had like the best special teams units in the league.
0: Yeah, and he's done a fucking great job here. Um, I do understand why Evero wouldn't have been selected as the, uh, as the, as the, um, uh, uh, head coach. Fuck, interim head coach. Yeah, interim head coach. I was looking for that word. Um. <laughs> I can understand why he wasn't selected as interim head coach because number one, I don't even know if he'd take that. I mean, all you're doing if you're dealing with a, a team as bad as Carolina has been, you know, who's won one game. I feel like all you're doing is putting out bad tape and publicity on yourself yeah. if you take that. And I and I don't believe he even wanted he even wanted to be a head coach yet because he came to Carolina when he had plenty of head coaching gigs lined up. So, Tabor, happy to see it. I hope I want to see what his team looks like now that Frank Reich is gone should be interesting. Yeah.
1: I'm like kind of excited to watch a Panthers game again.
0: Yeah. If even just because the only thing we can really see is improvement at this point. I mean, I spent Sunday (laughs) just angry the whole time. So
1: yeah, Yeah, it's been bad. There's there's, if it's going to be bad, like if, yeah, it can't get any worse. So maybe it'll be better. And at least it's something to like pay attention to and not just like, Oh, more of the same terrible stuff
0: right right yep so i guess we'll take a break here give you a brief rundown on the bucks and then the bucks game this weekend and then we'll go from there and welcome back we're here to talk about panthers versus buccaneers this weekend aka the baker mayfield revenge game which if (laughs) all of the if all of this other shit that was going on with Carolina didn't happen this week, that might've been talked about a little bit more.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like uh completely overshadowed. I mean, I guess it's in Tampa, but cause it'd be interesting if it was in Carolina, but yeah, completely overshadowed that whole like storyline to this game. Cause I don't think anybody's even really thought about that because everything's everything's so focused on the, the coaching turnover.
0: Well, on top of that, it's not even like Baker's playing against Matt rule. Or, yeah. you know, Steve Wilkes or anybody like really who let him go coaching wise. So, right. you know,
1: he's not even playing against the coach that replaced the coach. they let him go.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> definitely I mean, it's still he's still playing against like a lot of the same defenders, but it's yeah. not really. Eh,
1: it's, it's not it's... like the. it's not. I mean, I guess like Scott Pitter is here, but yeah, it, it's no, it's not quite that. And it's also it's Baker Mayfield like he played, what like seven games here. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, he got his revenge game against the Browns, and that was totally different. So. Yeah, because that was like yeah. a place
1: where he spent several years, and they, they kind of like kicked him to the curb when he had been decent for them. And then for us, for the Panthers, it was just like, yeah, this didn't work out. Why don't you go find something better? And yeah. I think that was probably a mutual parting of ways more than...
0: The, yeah, you know. it was a merciful... merciful release at that point (laughs)
1: yeah so so yeah i mean yeah baker mayfield revenge game um yep i don't think like i don't know I, i i think there's there's a chance for the panthers to like be dangerous in this game maybe
0: uh do i believe that do you believe that I have a hard time believing it simply because of Vita Vea. <laughs> <laughs> that's um,
1: that's very fair.
0: Yeah, because they they just had to sign Gabe Jackson uh, as of this recording today, mm-hmm. um, because they don't have enough fucking guards on offense. <laughs> yeah, so they had. They had Toth, and they had uh, Cade Mays playing as the game ended last week, and I just don't see that going well for, there, <laughs> for them to beat Veya in the game.
1: <laughs> part, there's a part of me. No one roots for injuries, but I was kind of like... I wouldn't be mad if someone, like one of the guards, like, got a cramp just to see what the Panthers do. Like, what, what do they do when they completely run out of guards? Like, what does that look like? But... We didn't
0: uh, I mean, we could have... I. We very well could see, based on what they have right now. Which, granted, their their guards might be healthier coming into this week, but we very well could see them decide to try the Ika guard exper- experiment.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, I was gonna say then then the, the tackle. We have like a gaping hole at tackle, but it's not like that's been a spot of strength either, anyway. So I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like the Bucks, like the last. I mean, they played the Forty Nineers and. Before then, two weeks ago, and then put the Colts last week, who've been okay on defense lately, kind of. But the offense was not good in either of those games, and Baker's kind of struggled. And then their defense seems to be kind of is their defense is just kind of like bleh. There's yeah, nothing, there's nothing about their defense other than Vita Vea that's like particularly noteworthy or scary. Like, they don't get a ton of pressure, they don't cover very well. Like, they stop the run okay, I guess, but like. Everybody stops the run okay against the Panthers, um, so I don't know. It's like a chance, like like it's kind of reminds me of, of what we thought going into the Texans game, right? Where it's like, I mean, the Bucks are better, but like maybe if the Panthers play well and the Bucks don't, Panthers could take one. And that's kind of like the ceiling of this team right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll st- I'll get back to my the last couple of weeks point that I, it would really help if JC Horn played this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would really help. <laughs> like, I, I, I give, I give a, a ton of credit to the guys who had to step in with all the injuries they've had at corner. But if JC Horn plays that, that's a different defense you're looking at there instead of, you know, Troy Hill. Who has been really good
1: the last few weeks? To yeah, credit.
0: Troy Hill's been fine. Yeah, they uh, they have what's his face? The other the other former actually actually he was a former Raiders player, but the other corner who did pretty well was that. Uh, let me see here.
1: Yeah, the, the name is not the name is escaping me.
0: Oof. Yeah, it's uh, David Long. Yes, I believe is who it is. Yeah, he was the one. He had a decent game last week. Couple of good plays, so. But still, it would be nice to just have that against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That would be good. So yeah. I guess we'll see. But yeah, I mean, defense has been good enough. They make they make solid stops against a lot of teams. Um, Brian Burns hasn't been nearly as effective, and I don't really blame him because he's been on a team that's just not going anywhere. So I mean, I right. don't. I can see why that extra fire is not there. He's not helping his his claw. He's not helping his contract negotiations or potential trades. But it is what it is, I guess. So <laughs>
1: it's all part of the it's all part of the plan, Brian.
0: Yeah, all part of the process. Yep. Yeah. Well,
1: you you, you take a player that you think like he's worth a lot of money. You put him in position to not do as much. Be like, look, you're not as good as you think you are. Take less money, and then they agree. That always works,
0: right? It can. I mean. Uh, They they could definitely get – I think that they realistically at this point could justify being like, we'll give you a Josh Sweat-type contract. Or was that Montez Montez Sweat? Sweat. Montez Sweat. Yeah, Yeah, Montez Sweat. That would be fair. Yeah, I think that would be a fair deal. Like maybe a little more money than him. But, yeah, I mean, I – really, I don't care if the Panthers win this game or not at this point. I mean, it sucks every time they lose because you just remember that the Bears have their first-round pick. But at this point, they fired their head coach, they fired some other coaches, and so you just kind of want to see any kind of improvement or progress, even if they still lose. So,
1: Yeah, I just want to have a reason to know. be like excited about Bryce Young. Here's yeah. here's some good news for you, Brian. Yep. Uh, JC Horn was limited in practice on Wednesday. Not completely held out of practice.
0: I think he's been limited a lot over the last few weeks, though.
1: Well, he's still practicing, okay? And yeah. in even better news, you know who's a full participant in practice. C.J. Henderson.
0: Oh, good, wonderful, love C.J. We we
1: yep. know what C.J. Henderson is capable of against Mike Evans. <laughs> so,
0: oh, that was I forgot about that too. I, I so <laughs> I, had, I had erased that from my memory. Oh, wonderful! So that well, might that's happen. what we're
1: here. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Um, yeah. David at least it's and...
0: not Tom Brady throwing to him this time. But yeah,
1: no, it's just Baker Mayfield. it's like the same thing. Uh, but Levante David and Jamel Dean were both did not practice on Wednesday for the Buccaneers, which feels like it would help the Panthers if those guys can't go, um, on Sunday. But yeah, it it really like the defense is kind of the defense at this point. Like, yeah, they're gonna be fine. They're they're okay, and uh we kind of we were bringing this up earlier that the video watch with like Steve Smith and Kyle Bailey and Kyle Bailey's like, you know, you can talking about the offensive coaching staff shortcomings uh, and how the players, the player personnel has not been great and the injuries haven't helped, but then you all like, look on the defense and the defense has been just as, if not more ravaged by injuries. And it's your ever, ever. I was like, okay, well who do we got? All right, go out there and like give up 16 points. Yep. And make so, it difficult like, for the other he's, team. He's, yeah. His unit has been fine has been able to like persevere through the injuries and he's even like kind of gotten better as the season's gone on, even if players have been dropping out. Um so I just kind of feel like we kinda know what we're getting from them, from the defense, and that they'll play fine. They'll make it tough for the Bucks, assuming they're not giving given short fields. So I think I think the big thing for this week is just like are we gonna run like an offense that allows for some yak? Are we gonna like I don't know throw the ball more than 5 yards down the field. What's,
0: what's Yeah, my biggest concern with everything is uh, while I, I 100% agree with the decision to hopefully implement some more of the um run run pass options, I don't know who they're going to run throw those to, if they <laughs> <laughs> because if it's Adam Thielen, I mean, Thielen's, Thielen's doing a lot better than he should be considering his physical limitations. But, yeah, I mean, Yak would be good. Yak would be Bryce Young's best friend based on the way this offense has been going. So
1: It'd probably be Adam Thielen just because there's one play that stuck out to me from like three or four weeks ago that was just kind of like, this is just the creativity of our offense. Um, the Panthers had this really nice play design where the – I don't know if you want to call it like the slot receiver because it was like the receiver that was kind of lined up on the end of the line, ran like a drag route, and then the back came out of the backfield and ran like an angle route kind of trailing the receiver, mm-hmm. and it opened up perfectly, and Bryce Young hit that pass for a few yards. The part about that was funny was like obviously that back was the was the main – like the targeted read on that play, so naturally they put Adam Thielen as the running back and Miles Sanders as the receiver. Right, right. So that Miles Sanders could clear it out for Adam Thielen to be the one to catch the ball. Because if we're going to throw the ball to a certain read, we have to make sure Adam Thielen is the read. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, that... it worked, but I can't imagine the defense didn't have some inkling of what was going on here. Like, this is like, all right, they have their running back lined up as a receiver and their wide right receiver, who is very slow, lined up as a running back. Like, this is 100% going to be a pass out of the backfield. Like, I wouldn't even cover anybody
0: else. Right, yeah, that was that was a funny play. I do remember it too because I was like Adam Thielen. I was watching the game live with somebody else, and they were they were like, "Why is Adam Thielen in the backfield?" I was like, "Because he's getting the ball in this play." Sure enough, (laughs) he did.
1: Yeah, right. They're like, "I like this play, but I don't want to throw it to Miles Sanders, so put Adam Thielen in his place, and then we'll yeah." Maybe that was a play that David Tepper brought up and was like, hey, well, I like this play. We should run it.
0: Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe this is David Tepper's idea. <laughs> it was a
1: good play. Like, I liked, I really liked the play design. It just was like – like, you couldn't have made it any more obvious that that was what the plan was. Maybe not the specific right. route, but like where the ball was going. Um, right. But anyway, I, I just – yeah, I, I think –
0: Maybe that's the route to go with the new, with this new look Panthers offense is you just put players where they're not supposed to be and see what the fuck happens. <laughs> right. Like, uh, you line up like, Shuba like, Hubbard and Miles Sanders on the right side as the two wide receivers and you just see what the hell happens. You know? Yeah. You just like stick, see how the like,
1: defense reacts. Hayden Hurst in the backfield with like, and, and then they're like, well, there's no way they're going to hand it off to him, but also like, they're going to throw it to one of those running backs. Who's going on here?
0: Yeah. You're just and gonna then, see a lot of question marks over the defenders' heads, <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all they're all scrambling around. Like I don't know who I'm supposed to cover. Like I'm a cornerback, <laughs> I should cover the wide receiver, but the wide receiver's over there. Like what am I yeah, doing? The wide
0: receiver's here? lined up at, at offensive tackle right now. I'm not sure <laughs> yes. what's going on. <laughs> like <laughs> they, they have
1: they have a wide receiver sandwich between the g- tackle and the guard. I don't know what I'm <laughs> supposed to do about this. <laughs>
0: That would be one solution to the guard problem is just yeah. to put Adam Thielen <laughs> there because the defense can be like, I don't know why he's there, but we should probably do something about
1: it. Yeah. The Patriots did that a few years ago, didn't they? Where they, like, they ran a play where they only had, I think they had like four offensive linemen on the field. And they put, I think it was Shane Vereen. Remember that guy? Uh, they yep. put in as like an ineligible, like basically they put him in as like a tackle. So they had seven players that would like traditionally be seen as eligible receivers And, uh, you know, he reported as ineligible, but the defense was like, wait, I don't know. I don't know how we're supposed to do this. Like, there's more people out here than we're supposed to be. They were supposed to have to cover. And (laughs) I don't remember if it worked at all. Like what came out of it? I just remember it was a funny idea of like, we're going to put a running back in as like our fifth offensive lineman and get the defense all sorts of confused on like what their responsibilities are.
0: Even though the refs declare that the guy's ineligible. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but like still, I mean, play clock
1: short, you have. 15 seconds to figure out, like, what's going on and, like, that's make sure true. that's communicated to everybody. Be like, just ignore number 34. Like, he's not going to do anything. But everybody's like, but he's number 34. He's like their main pass, uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. Like, I can't just ignore him. I I'm think, gonna,
0: like... I, I guess after the ball snaps, too, I mean, having been a former safety, I could see why you just see you just see that, and then after the ball snaps, like all all semblance of logic is like, oh well, he's on the field. I need to watch him.
1: So, right? Yeah. He just like starts yeah. drifting out to the flat, and you're like, well, I gotta watch that guy, and not be like, wait, no, I know this. He's out of this play. Like, yeah. Probably right. something that like if you did it frequently, people would figure out. But it was a very funny thing that they did like one time, a long time ago.
0: Maybe the, maybe the Panthers will do that. That, that <laughs>
1: would be cool. Do anything just yeah to make it more fun.
0: Yeah. Yep, don't punt ever. Either <laughs> no, no field goals,
1: <laughs> no field goals for sure. Yeah, Eddie Bigniera's been good, but field goals are kind of are kind of dumb unless it's like fourth and un un pick Yeah,
0: I mean at this point, there's no reason to to really try not to just score as many points as possible because <laughs> because they're not getting that first reps. round pick. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bryce yeah. Andrews, who cares? I don't th- think they'll do that, but you no, know, they we'll definitely see. won't
1: fourth yeah. and eight. Like, uh, you should, probably should punt here, but like, it's one more play that
0: Bryce can run practice. Yeah.
1: Yep. And then the Panthers going to lose 56 to seven.
0: Yep. Oh, that's fine. It just hurts the Bucks draft position. That's how you have to look <laughs> at it. You just have to reframe it.
1: Is that where we are now? Is that we, yep. we're rooting? The Panthers losing is a good thing because other teams are winning. Yes, falling down
0: the especially the NFC South. Anytime any of the NFC South beats us for the rest of the year, that means they have a worse draft pick. That's that's how you have to frame it.
1: it just it's just I just really want just get to the second pick. <laughs> but the yep. Cardinals have like a pretty significantly harder schedule to this point. So like and that's the tiebreaker. So like it. The Panthers, might, it might change. No, because the Panthers have pretty soft. Yeah, it, it, it'll change between now and the end of the season. But the Panthers. No, I mean. Might
0: have the... to... I was just gonna say the Bears. I mean, now that Justin Fields is back and they have DJ Moore, who's been fucking hot. By the way, he was on. He was my top wide receiver in fantasy, and it turned out to be a great pick. So maybe they won't yeah, end like... up with the first overall pick from us. Well, for I, I, well, I guess that doesn't have any impact on our pick. Shit. Never no. mind. Maybe yeah. they'll give it back. Nope, I'm sad again. Maybe they'll give it back, yeah.
1: Give what us if, back. We'll if... give
0: you Brian Burns for DJ Moore and our first-round pick back, please. Yeah, we'll,
1: we take back <laughs> these. Uh, what if we give you next year's first-round pick, and we'll just keep keep this one. You guys don't need it anyway.
0: Yeah, you don't need the first overall pick. There's not, there's not a lot of good players up
1: there. Like, what are you going to do? It's a waste, because, like, it's got to be a quarterback, but you like Justin Fields, right? If you just, yeah. just maybe next year.
0: Yeah. Maybe we'll give you, like,
1: I don't know. We'll give you the negative.
0: We'll give you the negative tenth first round pick.
1: We'll give you, yeah. Because we'll lose,
0: we'll lose more games than are played.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you'll get, you'll get the first two picks next year because (laughs) we'll be so bad that they'll give us two first picks that both go to you.
0: Yep. Yep. The the compensatory selection for just being that bad. (laughs) The compensatory
1: (laughs) pick. That's the first pick in the draft. Yep. <laughs> they should do that. They should just like, I know you weren't the worst team, but like who's the saddest team. They should get the first overall pick. Yeah. Just try to improve the parity.
0: Sorry for your loss, buddy. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, scoring project predictions before we sign off, I guess.
1: Uh, we're going to be optimistic because I was just talking about that. Uh, we're going to go Panthers in a, in a, in a offensive shootout 21 to 16.
0: That would be an offensive shootout.
1: Yeah, twenty points, man. Yeah. Crooked number. Um,
0: right there. Yeah, let's go with. Uh... Fuck it, let's get weird. Twenty-eight to twenty-three Panthers.
1: <laughs> That's like, are they gonna play like seven quarters?
0: Uh, maybe that You never know with offense with uh, <laughs> overtime. You never know. So.
1: It'd be a while to win a game by five I guess, that's, in I guess that's technically <laughs>
0: five quarters, but yeah.
1: <laughs> also to win by five in overtime, like how – well, you definitely can't do that. No, you could do that.
0: It's possible. You if never you kick know. kick
1: a field goal to go up 26-23 and then you get a safety to end the game.
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what would happen to Baker Mayfield. I, would, I could totally see that happening to him. <laughs>
1: You know, Especially could... with this
0: special teams unit, you never know. Yeah, like they right. could get out down there and tackle him at like the five yard line. Yeah, it's possible.
1: yeah Chris Chris Tabor like supercharges the special teams unit because he's got like head coaching yeah. powers now.
0: Yep. He can't change my mind. Best head coach we've had in like six years. I mean you can't change my mind.
1: I I can't really argue against that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Wilkes, I guess I could say was fine.
0: Yeah. We'll see.
1: That's also Depends. a thing that I wish people would let go, but whatever. That's a whole other conversation for
0: Yeah, I mean he didn't get Never, fucking probably. hired by anybody else to be a head coach, so let's let it go. But regardless, let's yeah, that's a conversation for another day. We've bitched enough about <laughs> the Panthers' head coaching decisions. So yeah. anything else you'd like to share with the class, John? Um, no. I don't think so. I think I probably
1: overstayed my welcome on this one because I didn't spend the whole episode talking about like David Tepper being a clown and yeah no maybe. they're gonna hate you it's Trainer, fine yeah, they're gonna hate yeah. us
0: both it's whatever. that's whatever um, that's what we
1: do here we're the rational yeah. sports fans
0: <laughs> rational is definitely what i'm looking for 100 so <laughs> rational optimists so but anyway from all of us here at the csr keep pounding podcast sound brian keep sounding jesus christ that's keep sounding podcast (laughs) this is brian joined by john as always stay tuned stay safe stay healthy i hope you can actually enjoy this game on sunday maybe the offense will do something that'll make us not hate everything we'll talk to you soon see you